Hi sister, welcome to Women's Collective Consciousness Podcast. I am Rerin Febrianti, or most people call me Rin. I am your host for this podcast, also founder of Women's Collective Consciousness, a mother, menstrual cycle coach, yoga teacher, and Pilates instructor based in Melbourne, Australia. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the tradition of the land where I record this podcast. I pay my respect to the elders past, present, and future. I also like to acknowledge to everyone who listening to this podcast. This podcast is all about remembering, relearning, reconnecting, and reclaiming the power of the wisdom as a woman and the magic as a cyclical being. We will unpack in the conversation around women's cycle, health, wellness, and well-being. Today we have conversation with Charlotte. She's internationally award-winning cycle coach. Really excited to having her here. And I'm so sorry for my voice in this episode. We have a little bit technical issues, so my voice is not as clear as usual. But Charlotte's voice is so beautiful. So let's dig in into our powerful conversation. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Ree. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. It's really nice to see your face on this computer screen while we're talking and to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jump in here. Really appreciate. I'm really excited for our conversation today. Um so Charlotte, let's just do some cycle check-in first before we begin. If you still got your mental cycle, just tell me where you are on your diet today and perhaps you don't have your cycle anymore. Where are you in your phase of life in the woman too? Mm. Thanks. I'm cycle day 11 today. I know that because I just checked <laughs> because I'm in my inner spring, um, like after my period ends and I'm back out in the world. And then I, this is the point where I start to like forget where I am in my cycle because I'm like busy and outward energy and, you know, I'm like all that kind of deep self-care can slip a little bit. And so I have stay present with that so I'm feeling well energized bubbly resilient um but also a little bit there is a little bit of tenderness underneath all of that as well um so um I'll yeah I'll I'll be in my spring energy for a few more days um before I'll switch over into my ovulation phase and in life I'm deep bang smack in the middle of motherhood um I've got three small children um aged between three and um turning eight it's my eldest's birthday this week um and um yeah and at my age as well I'm 37 and um so on the the on the life cycle map um if you break you know our lives down into these different stages um that puts me you know in the middle of 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 the mother phase of life which is between 25 and 50 and then 50 plus is is when you reach menopause on average and you go into a a different phase of life so 
I'm uh, at the age that's halfway between the maiden and the um, the maga or the wild woman or enchantress phase that comes next. So, and and I feel it. I feel like I'm in the mother phase. I feel like I'm tending to children a lot and tending to my own inner child a lot as a parent and as well. And but also in my work, it brings up a lot. Um, and my business is like my little child as well. So it feels like, you know, it's all, all systems go on the mother front. How about you, Ree? A lot of babies there. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my day 18. I'm actually just overlaid yesterday. And then I feel a little bit tender today because I feel like once I ovulate, the energy starts to drop. But by saying that my physical energy is like fire, it's just that the drop little tiny bit and then I'll sort of mix up the fire. So it's like the water and the fire at the same time mm-hmm. uh, for today. Um, I am also on my mother face of life. Uh, I got one hit by side. Two kids because my husband is kind of a kid <laughs> sometimes. That means I've got five. <laughs> exactly. And then I got these podcast babies. Is, um, and then I got my woman's collective consciousness community. So that's my another baby. So it's lots of babies out there. And yeah, I'm feeling really fearing my cauldron. It's Actually, the cauldron was coming from cycle surgery last year. So this is all just, I think last year that feeling like I was pregnant, lots of ideas. And then this year is like, all right, let's give it birth. Let's give it birth. And not just giving a birth, but also how can I nurture all the babies? And yeah, yeah. so I feel the fire, the water. And lots of babies. Yeah. And I love that you're stirring your cauldron and that it's all coming like you were pregnant, but now it's it's here and you're doing your thing and it's how can you tend to that? I think that just feels so like a really beautiful way of looking at your life and business because I think that that's exactly what it is. And you know, you feel like you've got to honor that pregnant stage and then that baby stage rather than just rushing straight into like, you know, fully fledged adult phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Charlotte, can you tell the listener about you? What do you do? What do you offer? And yeah, everything about you. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So I'm Charlotte. Um and I uh I'm a, a menstrual cycle coach. Um, and so I help, um, women to connect with their, their body and not just their menstrual cycle, but like their body's wisdom, um, the intuition, like who they are, um, like what their truth is to really find safety and trust in their body. And then, um, cultivating self-awareness, like through the menstrual cycle and tools that can support women to um to bring to life or or birth uh their full selves their businesses their um offerings their 
their magic and to be able to share that into the world um, in a way where they're grounded and present in their bodies and tapped into their truth and nourishing themselves. Um, and so working at a pace that honors the season of life that they're in rather than, um, you know, going back to the the old ways of, of living and working, you know, like hustling, for example, and getting burnt out and just doing things the way that we always have rather than the way that actually we really desire to do that. And so I, I do this through menstrual cycle work and feminine embodiment work and um, shamanic work and um, yeah, lots of different things that come into, into that. And also the other side of my work is menstrual education for children. Um, so I host events that I created called First Moon Circles um, for nine to 12 year olds to make sure they've got the um, really important, necessary information that they should have had when they were young. And inevitably, we just don't get. So we're here to change that and to create a beautiful space where they're getting both the education they need and the support and um, the celebration so that they don't feel ashamed of their bodies and and having periods and falling into that trap of feeling like they're less than because they have periods. And I also train up people um, to host those circles as well in their in their own business, in their own community um, by themselves. So that's the first moon circle school um, where we do a facilitator training as well. So it keeps me busy, um, but it really fills my um, fills my well of you know like inspiration and um, fulfillment as well. And yeah, really feel like I'm doing something that I really care about. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. That was a lot. Well. For today, we're going to talk about the mother phase. So what is mother phase in life that this means for you? Yeah, so um, I've touched on it a little bit, so I'll expand. So to me, the mother phase of life is when you are like, so So I think it might be helpful to, to talk about what comes before the mother phase as well, just really briefly. So before the mother phase is the maiden phase, and that's like the the first twenty five years ish. If you're going to put a, a an example time frame on it, it's not necessarily true, um, because some people don't mature out of maiden phase into mother phase, for example. But it's that time when you're figuring out who you are and how the world works around you, and you're learning how to operate in the world and what's expected of you and uh, what you can expect from from people and and the world around you as well and culture things like that. So it's that real like you know getting out there, seeing what's possible, um, you know, making mistakes, trying things out, um, just trying to figure out who you are. And then the mother phase is is what comes after that. And you know, archetypally, it's said that it's it's like twenty five years onwards, um, and that can be give or take. It's not necessarily about birthing human children. It can be, uh, it's it's more a an archetype related to this idea that it's no longer about figuring out who we are. It's figuring out what we're giving back to the world. So what are we creating or birthing or offering or nurturing in the world? And that 
can be children, but it can be businesses, it can be missions, it can be purposes, it can be pets, it can be um, careers, relationships, you know, it can be anything. But it's this sense that it's no longer like just about you in that kind of very inward and selfish isn't the right word, but kind of self-focused way. It's about expanding beyond that and thinking, okay, well, like I now know who I am and I know what I've, what I'm here to do. And I'm going to give that to the world. Um, and so, as I say, archetypally, it's 25 to 50. Um, but some people don't mature into that phase of life if they get a bit stuck in maidenhood. Um, some people, um, you know, can have children young, but then on a psychological or psyche level, still be in the maiden phase, for example. So it's it's not strict. Um, and some people mature a lot quicker and might actually find themselves in more of that kind of capacity sooner than than other people might as well. So for me, mother is, yes, I'm a, a mother of children, um, and that's a very important role to me, but you can definitely be in the mother season of life without having um, children or a family. And it's more this outward facing and giving and nurturing these qualities of the mother, if you like, and how you're expressing that. Mm -hmm. I like your explanation for the mother and mother. It's just really beautiful. Um, yeah, and then back into that question, what is the mother place in this life is meant for you? What's it look like for me? Yeah, it's like, how does that feel like for you in mm -hmm. living in this mother place at this stage? I know you've got so many babies, like human babies and <laughs> business babies and everything, but what does that mean for you? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it looks like chaos on the outside. <laughs> People are always saying to me, I don't know how you're doing all these things. But what's happening on the inside is holding very clear boundaries for myself to know what my capacity is and to not cross that. <laughs> Because if I do, I'm no good to anyone. <laughs> like not myself, not my kids, not, you know, my clients or whatever, like nobody. Um, and so for me, it's like this constant um, pendulum that swings backwards and forwards from giving, um, giving of myself and then replenishing that like taking for myself as well is just so necessary. And I have been a mother for eight years now. And I feel like for definitely the last, like, so at least four years, or so at least half of my motherhood years, I have, I think I learned quite quickly, I guess. Um, maybe from having two children in two years and leaving everyone and everywhere that I knew when we relocated to somewhere completely different and found myself on my own. <laughs> and I think that's just the path I was on. I learned pretty quickly that I needed to really look after myself um, 
as a as a mother and as a woman to go through the huge change of you know my whole life changing and becoming a mum so that I could give back and also I just yeah I think my own personal journey has been one of like not wanting to be my mother and replicate some of the mistakes that I've seen women make in my lineage and you know around me just this dominant story that mothers are you know martyrs and overgivers and get nothing and you know mothers needs aren't necessary or heard or met um and I feel like I've been a real like middle finger stuck up to that and just been like no my needs are just as important um like it's essential that I um can listen to what I need and take time for myself and really take you know like not just self-care like fluffy self-care but like you know really really doing the the deep stuff that I need to do and getting my husband on board with that um and like really having to fight for that it's felt in some ways quite like a time of resistance to what's put on us as mothers or at this stage of life um and and carving out something that um means more to me feels truer to me and like respects the fact that I can't do everything and be everything for everybody which I think is such a trap that we can fall into in this mother phase of life so it's complex it feels like beautiful nurturing time with my children it feels like me getting really cranky with them when they're fighting all the time it feels like negotiations with my husband a lot like trying to find time with him like it's just seems impossible um and it feels like just constantly coming back to remembering this is the season of life I'm in it won't always be this way this is where I'm at now enjoy it work with it um look after yourself like redefine what success means and what you know the stereotypes are and norms are like what do I actually want um so it's been a huge initiation into maturing um and getting to know myself and finding my voice and speaking up for what I need as well as then giving that back to the world yeah it's it's complex complex but beautiful hmm. it's a lot of women actually I met it's saying well I can't have everything so if I want to have it's mean I have to give up mine or my career and then I said well no that's not the thing that we pick and choose really because I think what it gets what what was really being out there was like you can only have one thing at a time which is yes but also if you have your allies you have your supportive supportive partner yes you can have everything because you work together mm. and then you make things happen and then it seems so beautiful that you have three kids and then you've got a beautiful partner who can look after your kids while he's away or while you're away you know like a, even last time when um we met in Sydney, you know, it's like, no, no, it's 
wasted my time there. Oh, good. You know, I can leave them. Yes. And then I was like, well, yes, I leave my son with my husband too. But and then at the back of my head, I was like, are they okay? Are they burning the house? <laughs> you know, things like that. And then now it's just like, after that, I start to trusting my husband more. It's like, yes, he can look after the wife and while I'm awake. Yes, the house not going to be burned. I mean, like, probably the food is going to be burned, but not the house. That's okay. Yeah, it's a point distinction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh, my God. Wow. That's yeah. Beautiful. I think that's such an important thing. It's like, you know, we might give birth to children and we might be, you know, a primary carer, but partners are responsible human beings as well. And, you know, like they're equally responsible for the child or children. It's like, you know, it's really been really important to me and my husband that we both have time away when we need it. And we're not running away. We might only go away for a, a few hours or a day or a couple of days, but just a chance to like be humans like ourselves again um and you know just go and like recharge our batteries and like regulate our nervous systems and just have a breather and remember who we are beyond just being parents is really important and the sad thing is we've not really had chance to do that the two of us and leave the children because we've not got anyone who we can leave the children with we don't have family here um and trying to get a babysitter for, you know, overnight, like, how do you figure that out? So we haven't had that. That's something that we're really like, oh, we just, you know, really would love a weekend away to celebrate our anniversary, for example. But like, you know, I think we really have to trust that they've got their on their own journey as well. Like they need to mature, like we can't just hold their hands. And that's how we find our own liberation is in trusting that they're you know, handing some of the, the load back off our plate, giving it to them and saying, like, you know, this is perfectly reasonable for you to to be in charge of that for, for this period so I can have what I need. Um, you know, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, I know. I'm so grumpy when I don't have my time for hmm. myself. That's so good. Like I think, you know, we can take time for ourselves and it not mean anything or be about, you know, it doesn't mean there's a problem. It actually I think it's a great thing that we can do that. And um yeah, my husband's really happy for me to do that. Um because he knows he'll get it in return. <laughs> number one. <laughs> number two, like it, you know, we come back like, you know, you know, like distance makes the heart grow fonder or whatever. Like you go away and you, you go, oh, I really miss them. And like, you can't wait to get back. But when you're with them, you're just like, oh, I just need a break. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's that gets me through. That really helps me in those times. And then the other thing is, you know, like, for example, when I have my period, and I know you do this too, Ray, it's like, you know, it gets to be that little monthly circuit breaker where I'm like, everyone at the house, goodbye, goodbye. And I shut my bedroom door and I'm like, don't come in unless you're bringing me chocolate or tea. Um, like figure it out don't ask me anything and just like give me some space and it's like just that little monthly even if it's two hours literally um, it makes such a difference to how I feel about like being respected um, like 
feeling like they all know my needs are important as well like they care and you know it's it's that kind of consideration I think is teaching the kids empathy as well as well as like period awareness like they understand that mum's bleeding like she's a bit more tired she just wants to chill she wants some quiet time like that's cool like I hope that that's setting them up for um with a good example for when they're older as well because I've got three daughters so we're talking we touched a little bit about the mother archetype so it's definitely different from the mother mother um what is the connection between you and the mother archetype sorry could you just say that again between the what and the mother archetype between you and the mother archetype between me and the mother archetype um that's a good question so I think for me the connection between me and the mother archetype is well one I do identify with mother because I am a mother whereas lots of people don't like if you don't have children it can be really hard to identify with you know mother and other people call it different things um whatever feels right for them but for me, it's more like those qualities that I feel like I'm, I've stepped into and embodied at this time of my life. And I, I think becoming a mother is, you know, has helped that. But I, I see these qualities in all kinds of women, even without children. So I think for me, I really feel like the mother is, or me as a mother um the mother archetype is um like really caring about the world and the state of the world and what's happening and really caring about what my children are inheriting and looking a lot at like my children are constantly bringing up my experience <laughs> as they're going through something I'm like oh I remember when I did that or oh you know it, it kind of brings up good things and and painful things and so they're really reminding me of, of lots of these, like the things that I didn't like or enjoy or didn't have the support I needed in my life. And I really care about wanting things to be better for them. Um, and so I feel like that's, you know, the kind of nurture, it's like for my children, but, you know, I also hold these first moon circles for other children in the community. And I really care about you know, other children as well, you know, like in the community. And um, I feel like that's a really good way of expressing these um, qualities as well. Um, you know, and caring about the clients that I have, the women that I work with and where they're at and like really supporting them. And, you know, I, I, I the way I work is that we go really deep, like an intimate, like I want to know you and like walk this path with you and, you know, be there um and I feel like you know I've got this really strong empathy that I always had but um it's 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 really much more available to me now I think at this at this stage um and so I you know I really want to help people and I, I think that that really is a is a quality of this time of life um 
and you know I think that as I've as I've alluded to the challenge with that is you know like not giving too much and like topping yourself back up and knowing that you don't have to fix the world and save you know everybody all at once it's like you can only do so much and but we do have we we can have a role to play without over giving um and so for me it's like redefining what it means to be that this stage and what this archetype means to me um you know as a woman who's like tucked into her body and you know likes to have fun and likes to um you know do my own practices and and you know those kinds of things support me as well it's not just all like one way it's it's being really deeply connected to myself um whilst moving through this this phase of life and and holding that that archetype within me but knowing that I'm more than just her as well like she's just one aspect of me um and sometimes she comes out and she's a lot more loud and proud than the other ones but you know there's there's sort of all these different sides to us um and and so that doesn't define me either it's it's just one part of me um who might be more expressed at certain times of my cycle or certain times of my life um or depending on you know what i'm doing um but it's not all that i am as well mm-hmm. i love that definition so if you do have if you do have any favorite mother archetype who would you choose and why oh that's a good question Yeah. So I I think of um I think of the goddess when I think of the mother. And I was just thinking like is there particularly one um who like really embodies the mother for me and and I kind of there isn't one that really is like 100% like the characterization of the mother because I think goddesses you know that like we have a goddess of this and a goddess of that and you know again it's like aspects different aspects um and but I really think of 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 these goddess um carvings that you know early humans used to make like these stone carvings um of of a pregnant woman figure that was you know the personification of the goddess or you know or a portrayal of the goddess um you know where she was right and and not necessarily with child although you know the goddess has always been you know revered as as life-giving and you know continues um humanity and and te- like tends to life and nurtures life you know, uh, on the planet but like creativity in general as well like bigger than that so you know she's ripe with all of this potential and ideas and 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 nurture and 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 service like this gift and her magic that will be given back to the world um and you know i think that that's really really beautiful because i think we can take it very literally like you know womanhood and motherhood but it can also be more expanded um and inclusive than that as well um and so i just really think of of like 
you know, that, that nurturing, empathetic, like, um, unconditional love, um, but also like sexuality as well and ripeness and sensuality and pleasure. And, you know, back when those, the times when those carvings would have been made, you know, women's pleasure was really, um, centered. It was like really important. It was, it was something that women could own and, and that, you know, collectively was, was, was magic and a connection to the divine. Um, not something that, you know, now we're like really awkward to talk about it. And sex education is always about, you know, his pleasure. Like, you know, we've lost so much of that. And so I really think of these different qualities when I think about this pregnant goddess archetype, um, you know, of like this connection between the earthly realm and, and the beyond and, you know, our our body and our intuition and like our roles as nurturing, like in our families, but also nurturing beyond that as well. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's lots of different mother goddesses, but um, for me, it's like, it just stands out as like the goddess. I also have one favorite goddess. Uh, he called Parvati. Yeah. Have you ever heard of? Yeah. yeah. It's just like really represent like the mother of Ganesha and then also the concept of Shiva, which is very strong. And it's funny enough when you perhaps come across to the story or, you know, like the story where Parvati was made Ganesha just from her own dead skin and then collected in just like it's not not dead skin but you know like when you scrub your skin and you got all that beautiful um skin of yourself and you kind of like that's the quality of you that makes Ganesha and then it just makes really for me because for a little while I was doing solo parenting and then I was like yeah it's just my beauty it's my quality like my son is all about me and then the ego has come and then cut it through the Ganesha head and then that's when the elephant head is coming Ganesha head right and it was just like yeah my ego is cut off and then I'm getting married and then move country and then yeah, you know, like, no, you can't do everything by yourself. You need someone, you need help. And then for a while, I was like, wasn't accepting that help because I kept saying my husband back then, I can do everything by myself. And then I was like, oh, it's nice to having help. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, God is really beautiful, but yeah, it's so many goddesses there that you can't really choose and be be one of your favorites, right? It's just like so many. But yeah, love sorry, love that about Pavati. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. yeah, That's really great. Um, alrighty, I was listening to what you said before about pleasure. It was really awakening too because I was just listening to your podcast with Rowena. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just like you guys unraveling all this pleasure. I mean, like everything about it. So what is pleasure 
for you as a mother? Oh, lots of things. Um, pleasure to me is, is is joy and sensations in my body that feel delicious and letting that move through me and then expressing that out into the world, letting that fuel me and s- sustain me um, so that I, ha- like it helps me to grow my capacity to do what I'm doing and to be who I am and to tend to all the different things. And I think without feeling pleasure, like what's it all for? Like it's, it's life source. It's, it's, it's joy. It's, it's, um, fulfillment. It it feels good. Um, and I think that, you know, we've lost so much of our connection to pleasure and, you know, it's, it's, with the word pleasure, people often think of of sex and, you know, or self-pleasure. And I think there's a lot of shame in that still um, and taboo. And it's like awkward to talk about and think about and like, oh, you know, can it, can life be pleasurable? Can I be pleasured? Um, and I think that it can be something that we've, we've mistaken. And I learned um, a few years ago, um, the first time I was introduced to pleasure in a different way beyond just sex it was really life-changing for me because I, it was like, oh, we're going to talk about pleasure. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to talk about sex. I've got small children and I'm knackered and so tired. Like, oh, it's, uh. and I just had this attitude, a relationship with pleasure that was sort of like just completely different to what it means to me now and being invited to connect to pleasure and a way that means um, it, it's sensual. It's like using and sensual, like is you know the senses. So using your senses, it doesn't have to be a sexual pleasure. That can just be one form of pleasure. But if you think about you know what you can see and smell and touch and feel and hear and how that can make you feel in your body and where in your body and how in your body. And what feels good, what sparks a little bit, even just a faintest glimmer of pleasure, um, you know, it can be like just what feels good. It doesn't necessarily need to be a turn on. It can be like just, oh, that's nice or that's pretty or, oh, you know, just something like doesn't matter, you know, what to what degree, but that can be pleasure. And, you know, so it can be things like, you know, eating delicious chocolate when you're just like, I just need something for myself. And you're like, oh, that tastes so good. And the way that that gives you a shot of pleasure, it can be, you know, like walking out in the trees and on a sunny day and the way that the light hits the leaves and the flowers and you're just like, and the, you know, the warm breeze over your skin and you're like, oh, like that's pleasure too. It can be like delighting in your children and just admiring them or listening to them or having cuddles with them or just doing whatever you do, like even in the routine. You know, coming back to um, like the joy of it and the love of it rather than the like tedious, like, oh, it's so messy and this is so noisy. And, you know, that like that's not choosing pleasure. And I'm not saying to like, gaslight or bypass the hardships that it can be but 
you know, we can also find pockets of pleasure anywhere. It can be like, I love dancing and moving my body. Um, it can be putting on music and, you know, pottering around the house doing housework, but whilst listening to something that makes you feel like, Ooh, I like this. Or I like that beat. And how does that beat move and pulse through your body? And like, ah, and can you follow that and grow that pocket of pleasure so that you feel it moving through you and it can become that fuel and that source of, of creativity and expression and becoming more of who you are as a woman, um, as a, as a whole being, not just the mother, like who tends children or the wife or you know the the worker like you know a business owner or, or you know an employee or you know doing the work doing the graft um it can help you to think about who you are and and you know what your identity is and what brings you um meaning and purpose in your life beyond just the the small box of of you know the label of of, of whatever we think that is. Um, so for me, pleasure is something that has completely changed my life. Just thinking about it in this way and then following those little, little threads and letting them grow bigger and, and um, you know, in my body and then expressing that um, has been really powerful practice. What is your experience as collective consciousness in this masculine world, creating business, coaching, being mother, being wife, and then all this stuff, juggle things around in one. How do you find that feminine energy in this masculine? Mm. In my body and in nature. Mm. So coming back to my senses coming back to how I feel and what I need coming back to my menstrual cycle um, and how that changes and how that's cyclical coming back to the earth's seasons as they change and watching the moon move through its own cycle just noticing the sunrises and how the sun changes in the afternoon and the evening at sunset just really noticing the cycles and the seasons within me and around because to, the cycle to be cyclical is life that is the feminine energy that is the collective as well like we are all cyclical and even men have a cycle it's just a lot flatter and not obvious and um they don't have a menstrual cycle but you know they have this daily rhythm and we're all just collectively disconnected from a cyclical way of living and being and uh, working. And so coming back to that, it's, it's like anarchy. It's, it's like, um, you know, it really requires you to choose you and choose yourself and what's true for you and not go along with what we've learned and the way that things are like challenging the status quo um and i find that my truth is in my body in this cycle i feel like that's where my self trust lies when i know what my my experience is across my cycle but even without a cycle just when i can ask myself how am i feeling and what do i need and then give that to myself 
Like a lot of people really struggle with that. Um, it takes a lot of practice to be able to do that. And, you know, so it's a muscle that we've got to build back up again. And by doing that, we are choosing the feminine over the masculine. The feminine, there's nothing wrong with the masculine. The masculine is important because it's structure and it can bring groundedness and boundaries and, um, you know, like the holding, like the structure that we then the feminine flows within. Uh, You know, feminine can be chaos. Uh, It can be total disorder and, um, you know, complete changeability, but it can also be um, this like actually quite predictable rhythm that we go through in our bodies that isn't irrational and it isn't this great unknown. And when we just choose to listen to our bodies and notice these subtle but definitely changing uh, qualities and energies within ourselves each day of our cycle, whether it's your menstrual cycle or the life cycle or the day cycle or the moon cycle or whatever, then we can appreciate the differences in ourselves and in each other. And we can trust that it's safe to be ourselves and be different rather than just replicating and like fitting in to the way things are. We can actually go, actually, that doesn't agree with me this is who I am and this is what's true for me and this is how I want to live and work and I'm not just going to fall into line. I think we can find all of the the ways to change the earth and change culture and, and change our lives inside our bodies when we tap in. Um, it's just a case of, of, of listening and, and practicing doing that. Um, and I think that in that we can come back to collective consciousness where we are all encouraged to be sovereign, like make our own minds up, do what we need rather than constantly being pushed into line to be the same as everyone else and you know, ignoring our humanity that happens for children when they go to school often and when we go to work, for example, um, you know, if you go to do sports or something like that you know if you're being pushed into just showing up and doing the same thing all the time then you're not recognizing and honoring the fact that you know you might not have the same capacity today as you did before and that life happens too and and it you know it comes along and it influences us so i think collective healing is in coming back to our bodies and our own truths um i just don't think the powers that be appreciate that very much because, you know, then we, they don't have control. Um, so for me, that's how I find the feminine. And it's also how I find the balance between the fast masculine and feminine. I don't want to do away with the masculine altogether, just the toxic patriarchal version. Um, but just to like reintegrate the masculine, like that structure and consistency and holding and routine and rhythm that's that's necessary to support the feminine to flow as well. Hello, we are on the end of our conversation today. That was really huge and beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, before we close, I just want to know what is the three things that you are grateful for being a woman. 
I'm that's a good question I'm just thinking about that because there's there's things that I'm grateful for and there's definitely things that have challenged me but now I've come to a place of appreciation and one of those is definitely having a menstrual cycle something that I used to hate and just like think was a massive inconvenience and painful and why would you um and now I'm really grateful you know, for me, that's part of my experience of being a woman and it's not for everybody, but, um, for me being able to create life and, um, you have, have such deep intuition and and creativity and a source of power that I have reclaimed and healed that lives in my body, um, in my cycle and in my womb for me is really powerful. Um, and I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to go through my rites of passage um that were not empowering um the way that I experienced um my rites of passages were not empowering at all but on the other side of that um you know having questioned why um I've had the experience that I've had as as a girl as a woman um I've been able to take back from some really difficult times, my power and and um, really do a lot of inner healing work. And without having had um, that chance to connect to my body um, and to do the healing work, I don't think I would be able to be here, um, able to, you know, live the life that I want to live according to the values that I want to live. Um, so I feel like, you know, there's so much wisdom in my body that I've been able to tap into, um, and being able to really like change my relationship with, um, through the experience of, of going through rites of passages and then healing, like reclaiming those experiences into the way that I wish that I had been supported at really pivotal times in my life. Like, look back to when I had my first period and then when I had my children like how each one of those experiences taught me so much about myself um and you know what I'm really capable of oh what else um oh yeah I'm really grateful that I you know have been able to tap into and use these qualities of like space holding and empathy and intuition and care because for me I've really learned these and refined these over the last years and it's something that you know I can I can give back to others um as well and I really enjoy doing that like holding circles and you know coaching and um holding ceremonies it's just lovely for me to be able to share those feminine qualities within me and then help others to embrace that in themselves as well um and I think that you know through the wisdom um and those skills that I'm been sharpening up I think that I'm able to really contribute towards um 
holding myself and holding my family and then holding my community as well in the way that feels really true for me. Um, and I feel like you know, it's much harder for men to be able to do things like that. It's not that they can't. I think that, you know, almost these qualities that get labeled as as, as feminine or, or, you know, as, as women's, um, you know, are often deemed as like a weakness or softness. But I think being able to tap into those and bring them back and then hold, like cultivate the fire as well that's there and just redefine what it means to be a woman or to be in my feminine um, has felt really um, empowering for me um, to be able to do that with integrity and and resilience and strength um, rather than just doing things the ways that I think we've had women have had to before. I feel like we're at this point in time where we can really change what it means um, to be us, to what our roles are, what we're capable of. Um, you know, we don't have to do absolutely everything at like, you know, warp speed to prove ourselves. I'm really grateful to be a woman in this time as well. I think we, have so much to thank to the you know, the lineages, the generations of of women and people who've come before us who've really fought for our rights um, to not have to, you know, now we're, I don't think we need to play men at their own game. We can, we're playing our own game. Like we're playing a different game by our own rules. And that's extremely liberating to be able to do that. I'm really grateful that we can. Oh, well, it's so beautiful. Well, we are on the end of our conversation. So before we close, where can people find you? Mm. The best place to go is Instagram. Um, everything's all linked to from my Instagram profile. So I'm at charlotte.puanto.coach. Um, and, yeah, you can find links there to um you can subscribe to my newsletters and get a freebie guide and get all my moon time news of what's happening um where i share a lot of behind the scenes of my own personal journey as well um you can find out about my coaching work and my group program that i've got um cycle sorcery which is for uh, women who are really wanting to be true to themselves and do the um energetic and mindset and ritual and cycle work to be able to be themselves and cultivate the life and, and work that they want to. Um, and first moon circle um, information is there too. And so if you're a mother with children and you're like, how am I going to have this conversation with my child about her first period, for example, um, or you want some language or learning yourself then, or if you even wanted to, to become a facilitator too, uh, you can go to um, the First Moon Circle website, which is www.firstmooncircleschool.com. Awesome. Uh, we'll include all that in on bio. And then thank you again for being here. Thanks so much, Rhea. It was so nice to chat with you. Mm, sister, thank you for joining us for powerful podcast episode. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Women's Collective Consciousness for the update 
of our next event, Woman Circle Workshop and Gathering based in Melbourne, Australia. I also have a free gift for you to start your menstrual cycle journey. Check out our website www.womanscollectiveconsciousness.com to reclaim free guide how to cycle chart. If you enjoy to listen to this podcast, please share it with other women in your life. And I always learning, thriving, and evolving. So don't forget to leave a review and feedback. Thank you, beautiful.